Welcome to How to Japan. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about religion in Japan. How do you feel about religion? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad I asked, too. Um, well, I was actually, uh, <laughs> actually, I wanted to say, I'm glad you're going to answer, but I just repeated what you said. Anyway, go on. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be clever. I'm glad you asked. And then you should have said, oh, I'm glad you answered. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you're about to answer. I'm glad you're about question. to answer. Yes. You might know this, but I grew up a Christian, or more specifically, uh, an Anglican. Anglican. All right. Are you familiar with Anglicans? Yes, the Anglicans. They're good fishermen, aren't they? No, those are anglers. <laughs> anglers. Ba-dum-bum. Yeah, this is a church, <laughs> church of England. Yes. Uh, New Zealand, yeah, predominantly. Um, well, I want to say predominantly, but yeah, it's a Christian country. And uh, and my mother went through a devout period where she would go go to bed reading passages in the Bible. Mm-hmm. My dad wasn't really that interested in religion. He would just go to church and take me, you know, they'd both take me with them. Can I ask you a Sunday question mornings. before you Please. continue? Uh, uh, did she read passages from the New Testament or the Old Testament? I believe it was the New Testament. Okay, all right. Please go on. But yeah, I uh, I hated it. I fucking hated waking up early on Sundays. Mm-hmm. I still do to this day, waking right. up and early on the weekends. But having you know, as a kid, having to attend these services was this torture. Mm. But uh, I also went to you know Sunday school as well. Oh, Sunday school wasn't too bad when I was like really young because you're mm-hmm. just coloring pictures of Jesus uh-huh. uh, and his disciples. What colors um, did you use for Jesus? Don't remember. Um, um, I don't know. Brown, yellow. Probably. Yeah. I guess if I, if if you're being scientifically accurate, mm-hmm. he was Middle Eastern, right? He's, right? he's a lot darker than what we portray him to be. I mm. guess. As this blonde, blue-eyed, yeah. like white guy. When in fact, in actuality, he's probably more like closer to brown Arab-looking guy. Yeah, I think when you're a kid. And you're trying to color something in of, of a person and the person's white. It's hard to find a good color because white That's on white, uh, it's like you can't really <laughs> color white. It's like pink, red. You're not really sure which color. So you end up like getting some light brown thing. And it's like, oh, he was out in the sun for a while. So he's he's got a tan. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was in the Middle East. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was my experience, yeah, growing up. And I, I think I was around 11 or 12 where I mm-hmm. just, yeah, just really started questioning it. Mm-hmm. The, the, the whole premise. The whole, the, the whole enterprise. The whole shebang. Oh, yeah. <laughs> said, Wait, what? So tell me about dinosaurs again. Where, where are they? <laughs> I don't see any fucking dinosaurs in the Bible. What? They didn't, they, <laughs> apparently, what, he, he created Earth and we forget about the dinosaurs? Why were there no dinosaurs in the, in the ark? <laughs> oh, yeah. the art came later, but I thought he created the earth. You'd like this song uh, by Brian Ritchie, who's the basis for the Violent Femmes. Called he wrote a song called "Religion Ruined My Life." It's a well, great song. Ruin my life, though. But, but I think you would like it. I'm not saying you can identify oh, okay. with it. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I I think I remember my the the Reverend saying that because I I was like I, I remember my dog dying and. The reverend telling I asked my reverend, oh, uh, I want to see him in heaven though, right? And he mm-hmm. said, no, well, you know, animals don't actually have souls. So, yeah, you, you won't be seeing your dog in heaven. And I thought, well, fuck this. Fuck mm-hmm. you. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, what kind of place is heaven? I can't even see my beloved pets in heaven. Right. What's the point? Sounds like hell. Right. Uh, and uh, but it plays, you know, religion plays an important part in societies around the world. Right. Uh, well, what's your what's your views? What's your views on religion? Do you want me to talk about my my childhood? Just your view, your views um, on religion, um, or or your childhood. Yeah. yeah whatever. Well, we didn't. Uh, my my father was Episcopalian, which is kind of like a Church of England branch, and then uh, my mom was Catholic, and so we never went to church. Uh, but um, I I always had kind of a reverence for people, like I respected people who went to church. It seemed like because they always seemed like they were doing something important. But I went to church once with a, a friend of mine. I slept over his house, and it was the most boring thing I'd ever experienced in my childhood, uh, going to this church where they sang songs. So it was like a Protestant type of church. Boring as, boring as hell. I didn't mind waking up early. I still wake up early on Sundays. But I just I just found it, you know, difficult to sit through. Now, I don't know. I mean, I think if it brings people some peace of mind to, you know, practice religion, Christianity, Buddhism, whatever it is, then I think, it, you know, if it if it creates a healthy, healthy lifestyle for those people, then I think it's uh, well within uh, the right and probably something that they should do if it does so. And I've also read some studies about it. Like for people who get disease, uh, cancer or whatever, the, those people who have a strong faith, have a strong religious faith, they are o- able to overcome uh, many of their ailments at a higher rate than those who don't have a strong belief, who don't have a strong faith. So I guess it's worth looking into if you ever find yourself at death's door at a moment in life where you you don't want to die. So that's kind of mm. my I guess my view of of religion in a nutshell. Mm. But I uh, I kind of think about if we if we bring it into the the realm of Japan, I think we can look at the religious situation in Japan in in three different ways. One is the the you know the general religious belief systems, the set religions of uh Buddhism and Shinto, and then these kind of offshoots of it within Shinto that kind of Shinto which lead lead into kind of superstition. And then the general perceptions or the general practice, how it kind of relates to everyday life. I think those would be uh, three different ways we can look at religion. What say you? What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah sounds good. Uh, I always thought that, you know, Japan is more of an, uh, like, irreligious mm-hmm. country. Yeah, uh, They have Shinto Buddhism, and it, it feels like to me, I, I don't want to disrupt what you want to say no uh, please go get ahead yeah, of what yeah. you want to say but right. i always thought that in japan people are uh treat it more as a ritual or a custom or a habit uh, or not a habit but it's a ritual that you just go through mm-hmm. i'm sure if you asked a random japanese person on the street in tokyo tell me about buddhism mm-hmm. or shintoism 
I'm sure how, uh, many of them would say, oh, I've got no fucking idea. Uh, right. It's just something we do. Mm-hmm. You know, this time of year, i got to go to a shrine. Right. Oh, people are getting married. Oh, i got to do this. People die. Oh, i got to do this. I don't think there's any real sense of of, of having any pa- uh, real passion or for, for the religion. It's just part and parcel of being Japanese. That's what I think. I think that's, yeah, I mean, that's kind of uh, overlapping into general perceptions of religion. But we can go towards uh, when, you know, the... the the two major religions in Japan, which uh, act as kind of a there's a, a very strong force of syncretism within those within those two elements, which is Shinto and Buddhism. If you go to if you go to uh, a shrine, or more better yet, if you go to or even a shrine, or if you go to a temple, shrines are for the Shinto, and Shinto is. Uh, a, na- a nature religion it's a belief that all things have a spirit within them and this could be considered one of the world's animist religions so and for those of you who don't know what animist means it just means basically what i define shintoism is is a belief that there is a soul everything has a soul and so because of this the term kami which means god in japanese it is closer to I what it was short we, for a communist. <laughs> yeah, could you, that's right. He's a kami. Then there's commies everywhere. That's right. They're they're in the rocks. They're in the trees. They're hiding over there. <laughs> you got to be careful of the commies. It's very true uh, because the kami-sama uh, is something that is like a spirit, and they have domain over these different natural places, and. They don't necessarily have good or bad um, general characteristics, uh, but if you go, if you're going in down the random street, or let's say you're going down a random street in the countryside, you might see a little, a little thing, a little altar in front of a tree, and that's it's a tiny altar. It might be not not more than a meter tall. It's a brown stone, little carved thing with little flowers next to it. And there might be a little image, a, a statue image carved into it as well. And that that would be the spirit representation of the tree. So you can see these types of things within net nature areas. Or even if you're walking down the street in Tokyo, you might see these tiny little altars uh, that don't really seem that they pretty much blend into the the background scenery, and they're just these little reminders uh, of a, a stronger belief system from hundreds of years ago. And we, some people uh, have reverence for them, but I think, uh, as you said before, most people don't really feel any strong involvement with religion, despite the fact that there's lots of religious imagery within the the periphery of uh, streets in Tokyo or in the countryside and I mean you can th- I don't know if you can throw a rock and hit a shrine you talk but, about the shrines yeah, yeah the shrines and temples yeah yeah and, and what I wanted to talk about in the the syncretic nature uh, of this religion is that when you walk into a temple area you'll see lots of symbolism that is from the Shinto belief system and you can see it in the architecture 
And if you walk into a shrine, a large shrine area, you might see symbolism and uh, architecture of temples. And one important, uh, very important uh, shrine that most people are aware of is the one in Nikko, which is the Toshogu Shrine, where to most of the, the uh, remains of Tokugawa Ieyasu is, is there. And that's Tokugawa Ieyasu is the founder of the to, uh, Tokugawa Bakufu, which began the Edo period in uh, 1604, I believe. And it was a time uh, of peaceful resurgence. And uh, when his shrine was built, uh, the, there was kind of a, a, a renaissance of sorts for uh, Chinese symbolism and when you think of chinese symbolism you're thinking of buddhist elements mm. and so within that nikko shrine you have kind of very beautiful uh kind of what we might call like wabi-sabi elements that you would find in like a shinto area where it's like very you know, for lack of a better word poor but also organic looking mm. brown buildings and then these pagodas that are very red with curved uh curved ceiling uh, curved roofs which is a very chinese element so you have all these different colors very very eclectic so it goes from this strongly eclectic look to a very rustic organic look which is more mm. of the the traditional japanese aesthetic and you'll see mm -hmm. this in a lot of different places if you go around tokyo or uh, anywhere around japan so right. I, I've just been blabbering on a little bit about that, but uh, any comments about that? Uh, no, no. I yeah, you know, you're doing a good job of uh, laying down, laying up the foundations. Um, yeah. What I had read was, I think we we covered a little bit about this before when we mm. talked about the movie Silence, right? The Martin Scorsese movie uh, that handles Jesuit priests, uh, Portuguese Jesuit priests coming over to japan i think that was my first real taste of what japanese felt about um oh christianity obviously mm -hmm. but also their own their own customs and how protective they were of the culture and the their own religions um with, with what you prepared did you find anything that that talked about buddhism which uh which had changed over the course of um japan's history I think, uh, I mean, it used to be a pure... Well, basically, the Buddhism, Shotoku Taishi, was a, a prince, a Japanese prince, I believe in the 700s, went to China to study Buddhism. And he came back with the religion to Japan. And he was a very fervent follower of, of the religion. But when it came to Japan, it manifested in a few different ways. And one thing that happened was... Uh, this idea of the pure land sect, which was uh, a, an expansion of the concept of heaven. And there mm. is this ultimate place that you could go uh, if you achieve like bodhisattva hood. If you become a bodhisattva, like you don't, if you become a complete Buddha, that means that you no longer are part of any karmic cycle. But as a bodhisattva, you can become a teacher 
But before you go back to Earth as a teacher, you can stay in this pure land sect for however long you want to be. And so that was something that was unique to the Japanese Buddhist religious practices. Um, mm. Have you ever heard of that before? No, no, no first no. time. Yeah. Well, let me uh, let me bounce this off of you. When when you hear the the word the name Nichiren, what do you think of? Nichiren. Mm. Um, I think I remember walking past like a super like a supermarket that sounded like Nichiren. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there could be some of those as well. Are you talking about a supermarket? No, I'm not quite talking about a supermarket. I was, I was thinking like that's quite a it's quite a tangent for yeah. what you were talking about. Yeah. Hey, have you heard of the supermarket? Nichiren. <laughs> it could be. Could Nothing be to do with religion. Uh, yeah. I just really like it. You know, well, actually, you could say that I'm a devout, devout customer of the yeah, supermarket. Nichiren. It's yes, really yeah, Nichiren. Quite, it's quite good. I love the, the wide <laughs> aisles. They always have discounts. The staff are very, very kind and patient with me. I love I love the little wafers I get, along with a little bit of wine they give out at the at the end of the of the aisle. Yeah, that's a very spiritual experience. Yeah, it's very, very wonderful, and I always feel yeah cleansed after I buy yes. my goods. I, I, yeah, I, 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 and and it's it is a religious experience because I go there weekly. You know? There you go. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a wonderful thing. And so many people, so many devout followers of the supermarket. It's, it's an incredible I know, place, right? Yeah, mm. it's, yeah. So. So I really do hope that that's the Nichiren you were talking about. Unfortunately, the Nichiren I'm talking about <laughs> does not involve the shopping of food items on a weekly basis. Mm, okay. Yeah, but um, right. I'm sure so, that... Well, now you've lost me. But you know what? Here, let me bring you back in a little bit. I'm sure that Nichiren ate food. I'm sure that he did. He was human, yeah. and many of the followers and did and he get he, his? Fr- well, what? What? Where did he go for food? Did they have? I'm going to guess what kind of that uh, market did he go to? A, a, a Wouldn't that be market? funny if it was called Nichiren? That's yeah, where it, it was came from. Nichiren. Uh, the, 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 his devout followers uh, decided to develop a supermarket chain in his in his name to mm, honor him yeah. in, in pos- posthumously. Honor his, his you know, name. Of course, sorry, quick, quick, quick tangent. Yeah, you know, I there's this um, department store called yeah. uh, uh, Mitsukoshi. Yeah, and I remember first going in. It was quite nice in Ginza, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I heard about the year it was founded uh-huh. when it first opened its doors to customers, and I found out that. Its founding was yeah. older than New Zealand as a country. No shit. How fucked up is that? What year was its founding? It was like three hundred over three hundred something years ago. Wow. It was just, it's incredible. I I was uh, taken back. I was like Jesus, you know. And then I started looking into all of these other businesses. Mm-hmm. These um, uh, these stores in Japan are hundreds of years. Old, I mean, they're they're. It's amazing the uh, how far they stretch back mm. compared to my own country. Right, just made me yeah, just made me think about the um how yeah how how Japanese were just so far ahead in terms of like commerce and mm. how how advanced they were. 
many hundreds of years ago while people in New Zealand were just fucking farming and just <laughs> European settlers trying to get on with a Maori and they go through these walls. Well, don't Japan's sell yourself like shopping, short. Japanese mm-hmm. are, sh- are shopping at Mitsukoshi. <laughs> right. I'm sure the Mitsukoshi 300 years ago didn't look like the one that exists now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm sure uh, it was a much smaller Yeah, so sorry. Uh, so we've taken a slight tangent from what you're saying. Mm. Let's get back to Nichiren. Um, okay, Nichiren. Oh, actually, it was, uh, sorry, let me just say this. It was founded, uh, Mitsukoshi, Isetan Mitsukoshi Holdings was founded mm-hmm. in 1673. That's a beautiful year. 1673. That was around the time of the Jesuits, right? That, yeah. that movie we watched. Yeah. Silent. Wasn't it about that time? Yeah, the other So they period, could have gone to Mitsukoshi right to try to get more followers. <laughs> could you imagine could like have, Jesuit yeah. priests standing outside the department store? Well, that exists now, right? I mean, like Christians, <laughs> Mormons can stand outside of stations and try to hand you pamphlets uh, now. But back then, hey, wait a second. Hold on. Hold your horses with that. But Nichiren even goes be back before then, before the Edo period. I can't remember exactly when, but it was way, way back when. When uh, I think it was even before Christianity arrived on the shores of Japan. And Nichiren was a believer in the end of the world. He was one of these types of like millenarian, what's called a millenarian, which is like when the millennium hits we're all going to explode and die and go up into heaven. And uh, it was kind of like a, he had kind of very extreme views uh, of things. And he had a, a very fervent following of people. And one of the things that he is known for is that he made this pr- bold prediction that the the Mongols, who were very, very big in the world, they were very, very... Uh, affluent and they were taking over the world they were going into many parts of uh even parts of asia or europe and they were controlling large lands masses of land and you know of course everyone at the time in japan at the time they were thinking oh my god the mongols are going to come and take us over but nichiren had some bold bold nostradamus like predictions and he said the Mongols will try to attack us three times. And each time they will not reach our shores because each time they will be taken out by typhoons. And as history would have it, the Mongols try to attack and take over Japan's shores three times. And all three times they failed as a result of the climactic condition known as the typhoon. Mm. And because of that, he grew he garnered an even larger following and the his sect of Buddhism even is exists now and the followers uh you can you can see their their buildings they they have huge extravagant not not religious looking buildings but very large like institution looking buildings that it looks very moneyed. Uh, so they are very, very uh, important part of people's lives who are Buddhist, who are actively Buddhist believers. Mm. Uh, so th- that's that's one uh, sect that has continued on for hundreds upon hundreds but, of years. But what happened in the new in the new millennium? Where you know that m- new millennium has come and gone. Where 
hey man, you can't. What do right the followers have to say about that? Like, it obviously, be, it didn't come true. Can't be right about everything, man. Okay. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Fair um, enough. <clears throat> you know, so. Uh, you know, so that's one one sect that doesn't really have anything. It's not a syncretic uh, aspect of the Buddhist religion. It doesn't mix in with Shintoism in any way. Uh, and also another one that's quite popular in modern day, which was actually a modern sect, I believe, uh, called Soka Gakkai. And mm, Soka Gakkai, yeah, is yeah. Uh, actually heavily influential in the political party in Japan of the New Komeito. Um, and New Komeito is a, a minority political party which often uh, aligns itself with the LDP, which is the ruling party mo- for most of the time of Japan's modern existence. And so Liberal they have, Democratic Party. Yeah. And so they, they have quite a, quite a sway in, in political affairs. I really don't know what their agenda is but sokagakai is the religion that is exported the most when you when if you meet an american and they go to some sort of buddhist temple and they belong to some buddhist community it's highly likely that they are part of the sokagakai sect of buddhism mm. um now there are they 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 have a, a small but a strong following of people who believe in their ways. And um, they, I, I don't know how much influence they, I think a lot of people just think they're weird, especially what, what you're saying at the beginning of the podcast, people who aren't very religious. When they hear Soka Gakkai, they might just feel uncomfortable. Like they don't want to really talk about it, you know. Mm. But others, you know, who who are interested in Buddhism might want to talk to you about it. So th- those are two. That, I think yeah. an interesting parallel is in mainly Christian Western countries where mm-hmm. they're predominantly Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you asked, if you did a survey, I think many right. people would uh, associate themselves with Christianity, um, right. and then they'd ask, they'd ask why. And they say, well, because I'm a good person. So there'd always be this um, association, no matter how tenuous or how strong. Mm-hmm. I think most people just consider that to be uh, the Christian, you know, to, to be a Christian means you're good. Right. You're, you're, you're morally upright, you know, right. your you're rectitude. And, and that's something which I think uh, could be said mm-hmm. about many people, even maybe Muslims. I'm sure many Muslims don't don't believe in putting bags over women's heads or not pre- preventing them from driving or cutting you know, with female right. genital mutilation or right. killing apostates. <laughs> I'm sure that even though that's part, you know, in Islam, I'm sure if you're a very uh, a devout follower, right. you would believe this bullshit. But I think the majority of Muslims would uh, have, you know, have a little more f- mm. uh, flexibility on the subject of these. I think that's tenets. really clear. Like that point you're making is really clear. When you start looking at, for example, I'm going to go down a different rabbit hole, not regarding Japan, but Indonesia, and you start talking about like um, the syncretic nature of Islam in Indonesia, 
And where it's, you the, look, it's the most uh, uh, the majority uh, most uh, Muslim populated country in the world. Yeah, that's right. And there's a great study done by the renowned anthropologist Clifford Geertz on okay. the re- the religion of Java, not Japan, but Java back in the 1950s. The coffee. Yeah, the the coffee where the coffee came from, mm. and uh, so talking about like how diverse the religious belief of Muslims were in that region. There were like the people who were very syncretic and believed in the the local spirits and also prayed five times a day. There was the groups who had a strong uh, historical connection to the previous uh, Buddhist and Hindu civilizations in Java and incorporated a lot of those religious beliefs and, and traditions into their Muslim practices. And then mm. there were the more of the, uh, the coastal communities known as the Santri who were very, very closer to the, the devout maybe uh, of, the, of Mecca uh, belief system. Mm-hmm. And, and they all lived together and to a certain varying degree, they all had this animist belief system within their the thing, but all thinking that they were the true Muslim people. <laughs> and so I think that can be, uh, I, I think that can be expanded into other, other places, but it, you know, it, in Japan, it, it's like you said at the beginning of the podcast, people are not, going to talk to you too much about religion for the most part because probably they don't really feel that it's in, it involves in their it's involved in their life mm. you know you know the most annoying people i've met yeah regarding religion what's that are the fucking are the fucking jehovah's witnesses Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Even like the fucking christians who will talk to me like bible bashers as well people who talk to me about the the Bible and say, oh, you're from New Zealand. Oh, wow, you must be. Um, you should come to my church, or mm-hmm. you know, we've got a great and and a lot of you know. A part of me wants to. That's what I love about Japan. It's irreligious. I can mm-hmm. avoid these people, but mm-hmm. apparently, I can't escape them. No, <laughs> right? You can't. I've been, but you know, I've been trapped by the Nichiren people on my veranda one day. Oh, um, what's their sales pitch? Oh my God, they just wanted to talk to me on and on about their religion, and uh, you know the problem with me is that I I had a I think I've mentioned this before in a previous podcast, but like I always want to have an opportunity to practice Japanese, so it's like oh you want to talk to me in Japanese? All right, let's mm. talk. So I kind of consider it like my own private little lesson. Yeah, free lesson. Yeah, but at the same time, then you get wrapped up in people who want to make you part of their little cults or whatever oh um, you already had an experience with it yeah so you know i'm very good at being wrapped up it's in not too far who, off actually cults yeah, and religion it's just right. the number of people isn't it yeah and when it was started what the the general perception of it is so but there, tell me what was the what was the selling point though i mean what what are they what do they lead with do you remember i can't remember it was too long ago okay. um well, so there's black and white division, divided lines between Buddhism and Shintoism. And you can think of those being like the people who are strictly Buddhist. So those who follow the Nichiren sect or who are Sokagakai. Those right. people have, you know, they're 
definitely Buddhist religious practices that don't really overlap with Shinto beliefs. Despite the fact that there might be some of those people who actually go to a shrine during New Year's to, you know, just for fun, you know, but right. a lot of them might go strictly to their local temple rather than a, a shrine. Right. But um, I want to jump out outside of Buddhism and go, I guess, what's closer to the Shinto beliefs and the arena of superstition, what I call superstition. Mm. which is all of these uh, talismans that you can get at these Shinto shrines. Have you ever gotten mm. one of these little trinkety Pouches? things? Yeah, you can get a pouch. What was yeah, your pouch for? Yeah. I don't remember, but yeah, I've been I've been to these shrines and I've gotten the pouch and uh, uh, also been to those, I think it was a shrine or a temple where you throw money up into this big rope uh-huh. dangling above you and you've got to get the five yen stuck in there uh-huh. <laughs> grants your wish or something yeah I, I, at that point i thought now you're just making shit up <laughs> <laughs> it's like money making opportunity for these fucking monks who yeah. don't pay taxes right <laughs> you drive around with it and their mercedes benzes and they're late driving by drive by average folks saying yes yeah, suckers yeah. watch me as i drive this car into a brothel and right. <laughs> go to enjoy myself that's right park it right there bam with their new iphone 12s <laughs> hanging out of their out of their pants or whatever what have you so the pouch yeah so what is it about the pouch well, so that's mainly shinto yeah there you start looking into the superstitious arena of things and i think you're getting into shinto because the shinto is like the the older religion the pre-buddhist the pre-christian religion mm. That you know, where they had less less science to work with. Yeah, they're working with less science, and they, you know, I think they were working with less science and more nature. And I think right. you know, if you're in nature a lot, man, you start seeing things, you start hearing things, everything's around you, and you have no real domain over the land. You're you're still like an animal, basically. So, you know, you you start applying you know hypothetical situations and metaphors to things that maybe you know can can keep you sane in in the reality but you know one of the things like i can remember for example uh you know when uh, my wife and i were trying to have kids and uh we went to the local shrine and my wife bought this like uh it looked like a bow and arrow and uh she was like, okay, we're going to keep this for a year. And she was very, very serious about it. We're going to buy this thing. I have, we made it, might have been 2,000 yen. Was it like a bow and arrow? And it was very colorful. And she, we had to put it in one specific direction in a closet. We had to put it in like the, the north facing closet of the bedroom <laughs> and close it and keep it up in the corner for one year. And this was supposed to bring us good fortune and at at the end of the year you take all of these talisman at the end of the year and you give it back throw them away you well you give them back (laughs) to the the garbage (laughs) not in the garbage you don't throw in the garbage you go back to the shrine and you ah and you use their bin yeah use their bin basically (laughs) so you hand it back they recycle it they sell it again (laughs) 
<laughs> no, what they do with it is they that you give it back to them and then they make a bonfire and they burn it all. And it's part wow. of the cycle of, of things. So, um, and you'll I see that. I hope it doesn't release any toxic chemi- chemicals. I hope so too, man. You know, well, I hope they're organic, man, because they are, you know, nature-based. But I don't know. I don't know how granolia, gr- granoli they are though. But, you know, that that's another thing. Like in New Year's Eve, you'll often see bonfires in front of shrines because they're they're burning the old stuff and it's a time for people to come together in community and feel warm on a cold winter night. So what if I still want to use the bow and arrow for practical purposes and maybe go hunting when there is a like an apocalypse and if there's a breakdown in society, I can use that bow and arrow. Well, uh, let me tell you some physical elements of the bow and arrow. Okay. You're not killing anything with it. It's just a little toy. <laughs> it's just a little toy. Okay. It's not like you're going to go out and you're not last of the Mohicans over there. <laughs> I said bow and arrow, and maybe your imagination went wild with Native Americans killing buffalo. I was thinking like buffalo. a real bow and arrow, yeah, which yeah. I could actually use when no, I'm I mean, bored. This is like, I told go you it was 2,000 yen. <laughs> go to the park. Go twenty get bucks. tree and... <laughs> it's not going to get you much with 20 bucks. Oh, that uh, sucks. But so th- there's that. And then, you know, there's also... What's uh, the, these uh, hey, let's get back to the bar and arrow. What's the significance yeah. of that again? There's something about, uh, you know, I'd have to actually ask my wife again what it was. It was like something about promoting childbirth. What the fuck has a bar and arrow got to do with that? I, you know, there's some probably symbolic si- significance that I didn't bother to research. But, That's um, a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Now they're just. Well, hey, wait, wait a second. That's ass. a pun. That's a good pen there. That's a good pun. <laughs> it's a bit of a stretch because you got to stretch that bow and arrow. I know. Yeah, it's a bit of yeah, a stretch. Okay, there we go. All right. But, uh, walk. Uh, walk backwards into that one. Well, it's Cupid. You know, Cupid has a bow. Shoots people oh, in the ass. Yeah, oh, love could yeah. be love. Could be like that. I mean, just misappropriating our own culture onto another one. Hey, why don't we do that right now? No, I hasn't stopped uh, them before. They've crucified yeah. Santa Claus. Yeah. Well, I feel I feel like that's what we're doing when we say Cupid is the symbolic thing of uh, right. putting on them. There's a bag that you can get that's a very little colorful bag, and it um, it's a it'll help prevent car accidents. So you 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 stick it on your windshield for a year, and uh, you mm. know it's only about two or three centimeters tall or something. And uh, if it doesn't get in your field of vision, then it should protect you from car accidents. So, okay. uh, yeah. And but and again, it's the same premise. At the end of the year, you, you give it back to the shrine. They burn it or whatever the hell. So what happens if you do get in a car accident with that? Well, I think they, they're lying. Can you get your money back? <laughs> At least. Um, I don't think you can get I, your money can back. Can exchange it for a bow and arrow or some yeah, other I mean, <laughs> <laughs> some other item? It just didn't work for me. I'm going to take you to fucking court. That's what well, I'm going to sue your fucking ass, you bored bastard. Yeah, <laughs> you bored I, monk bastard. You, I, so, I think, you, you sold me a dud. This brought me bad fortune. Like This is like the worst luck ever. <laughs> I wonder if like you could go to, like make an appeal to your insurance company to get cheaper insurance because you have this little bag attached to your windshield. I think that would be 10% off. Come on, knock it down 10%. Look, I got the bag. Hey, where are we? We're in Japan, right? You you believe this, right? So I think that could be another way to uh, get around that. 
But uh, yeah, so superstitions, people people like it. It's fun, you know, because you during New Year's, you can uh, get your fortune. So you give uh, the people at the shrine 100 yen and you shake something and little sticks come out and the stick is a number and then the number applies to a piece of paper. And on that piece mm-hmm. of paper is a good luck future or a bad luck future or, or a meh, mm-hmm. not so good, not so bad. And then if it's good, you keep that little paper in your wallet for a year. And then when you're finished again, give it back to the shrine. They can throw it away for you. Or if it's a bad luck. Can I, can I bring other garbage for them to dispose as well? Uh, you could try. I don't know. Mm. They they might they might not take it. But yeah. um, you know if you if you you know you know like negotiate you know, while I'm there, I may as well get rid of other throw throw out other stuff. Yeah, you yeah, know like, you can like, try like, me like, in. like 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 an old um, like old electronics. You know you have to pay <laughs> to get rid of them. Maybe the shrine can handle that. Say so this has it got could, bad luck. Can you can you help destroy this? Uh, well, you could <laughs> so also be like me nothing but bad luck. This old TV. <laughs> there's uh, rare metals in this. If you recycle it, maybe your shrine can make a little a few extra bucks. You know, this TV is uh, cursed. Please yeah, dispose TV's of cursed. it. Dispose it for me. Yeah. So you got all that stuff going on, and uh, if it's bad luck, sounds like a scam. Yeah. Was it? No. Well, it sounds like a whole, scam. The whole thing. Well, uh, well, I mean, come on, man. I, it's an I guess, old religion. You know, as, I, as I said that, as I heard the words leave my mouth, you mm-hmm. could say the same thing about sitting in a pew on Sunday where the hat goes around, you put money in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess religion around the world, you can just say it's all just, oh, it's all a lot of bullshit mm-hmm. at the end of the day, isn't it? Right. You talk about superstition and religion, it's on the border. I mean, you could say the same thing about Christianity. There's superstition and a lot of... Uh, like lack of scientific rigor associated with many of these religions, some that haven't even uh, uh, gone through a any evolution or um, an enlightenment period to mm-hmm. uh, to update their their thinking of 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 living in the world. Um, sorry, sorry for uh, derailing you there, but we're talking about religion, right? Mainly mm-hmm. in Japan, right? Um, and and I guess your point is, would you say superstition far surpasses any religious? I don't know, like other other religions. Do you think superstition plays a bigger part in Japan? I think that for smaller things like what I'm talking about, like the good luck, bad luck thing, or if you want some help with a problem in your life, I think that the these superstitious aspects are very are a big part. But as far as like life changing events, for example, a death which results in a funeral and gravestones and marriages and things like that, the it, I think religion has a a more formalized uh, role in Japanese society. So I think there's a dual aspects going on. So there, there there's the the superstitious element, but then there's the the formalized, organized system, which is supposed to help you with life events. Mm. There's kind of two things going on. So I think all of these elements of religion interweave themselves in a very transparent way. What I mean by transparent is if you come to Japan and you are living life, you might not really notice it that much in in everyday 
situations. But the longer you live here and say, for example, buy a house, then there are Shinto uh, religious practices to for groundbreaking ceremonies. And then mm. building your house, then there's uh, little rituals that are done to appease the gods, you know. Right. So, um, and not everyone follows these things. I did in building my house because I just thought, I just wanted to see them. I thought it would be fun to see what these practices are. But um, those those types of things are dying out. But even when there's like a really big skyscraper going to be built and there's a groundbreaking ceremony, it also includes uh, the hiring of a Shinto priest who uh, makes everything right with the land and uh, before before these buildings go before up. Before getting into his Mercedes-Benz. That's right, before going, go, go, getting go into his Mercedes-Benz. Yeah, and going to the hostess club and... Um, Shopping for his Gucci and bags sharing or good fortune with these young ladies. Yeah, so w- whatever the the practices of the young Shinto person is, uh, so these those types of things also are part of society. But I think for someone who, like I said before, someone who's coming to Japan for the first time, you're probably going to feel like religion doesn't really play any role in society because if you're coming from a christian society where people are much more in your face about religion uh then then you're not going to feel it as strongly here yeah that's a fair point i think it's the also maybe a general mannerism of japanese cultures people aren't in your face about their belief systems like they are in say a country like america so you're not going to notice those things as much, the religious belief mm. systems, because people aren't in your face about it as much right? as they would be in another country, say, America. Mm. So I, I think, um, I mean, those are the main things I wanted to cover or talk about. I don't want to say cover. Talk about uh, regarding religion in Japan. Uh, there's also, I mean, when you think about religion, we can go into more of the historical context. We talked about the movie Silence earlier mm, and mm. Um, how that was during a time in Japan where uh, it was an isolationist policy in Japan. So religions, foreign religions were scorned. However, Buddhism is a foreign religion, but it wasn't scorned. And it wasn't scorned for basically one specific reason. Because the the Bakafu, the, the, the dictatorship, used temples and temple priests as a way to keep a census of the population. In mm. other words, they were trying to keep tabs on people by using right. these temple priests in, in the various neighborhoods. And that's why they were able to... That's why Buddhist temples and Buddhism was were maintained during that time period. Mm. But when you move from the end of that time period, which is about 1868, where Japan pretty much opened up to the world through trade, uh, then you have uh, something called the Meiji Restoration, and that brings back the the greater importance of the emperor and Shinto religion. So from there's the the pre 
the pre-Tokugawa period where there was Buddhism and Shintoism and then dashes of Christianity. And then once the Tokugawa period began, then Christianity was outcasted and mm. Buddhism was preserved. And Shintoism wasn't really, uh, it was relegated to a different world because Shintoism and I believe like the the, the emperor kind of have a closer link to each other. Uh, but the Bakafu, the dictatorship, was more of a militaristic notion. Mm. So they had stronger power and they wanted more power than the than the emperor could wield. So using Buddhism perhaps was a way of having more of a stranglehold over the country rather than using Shinto priests. And then going back to the restoration in 1868, you have... Buddhism being downplayed more and the so, the concept of the soul of Japan. So you have more of the, the emperor's voice being heard more. And so Shintoism uh, started to surface more uh, during that time period. Mm-hmm. So just a brief, brief talk about that. So those are my how, thoughts. Sorry, how, you know, how important is it for foreigners who come to Japan to know about this? Uh, depends does it, on it doesn't have any does it have any application to to you if you if you first you know come to Japan and you you visit all the sightseeing spots you know going to Kyoto when there are a lot of old shrines and temples and what I don't know I I don't know what people should really know upon coming here as a visitor or living here because I don't think it's had any real meaningful impact upon me I've never been I've never felt put out by any of the beliefs really of of japanese mm-hmm. you know i i've actually spent time and you know new year's eve where people go to a, go to a shrine i went to one of the biggest shrines uh in tokyo in harajuku l- waited for fucking hours in the right. early morning to go right. to the shrine um and everybody's drunk mm-hmm. <laughs> we're all drunk just waiting but this is a, it's it's a ritual it's a ceremony and it's and and people just do it out of it's a it's out of duty right to to do it and you feel i think many people feel good about it especially with these getting these little pouches getting getting these objects which are supposed to somehow bestow good fortune upon you right after you buy it and uh yeah i don't i don't know if I mean, it's good to know, but I don't think it has any real meaning or impact upon your life in Japan, mm. you know? No one ever says you, you know, there's no real demand for you to attend any uh, particular ritual, uh, unless, you know, there's a funeral or, or a wedding. But even weddings, you've got Christianity thrown as, in as well, mm. for whatever reason. Just because women mm. want to wear white dresses. So they can be compatible and just uh, take in whatever works for this particular time. I don't even know if I, I mean, it's it's Christianity at the most superficial level, meaning it's just the image of the Christian church and so the wedding. English, so it's, English teaching uh, <laughs> yeah, priests. Yeah. So I think it's more of like Part-time a fashion, gigs. it's more of a fashionable thing rather than a religious thing when you're talking about the uh, the church. Uh, in uh, in marriages and weddings, how do you separate the superstition from the religion? I don't think you need to. It's um, 
it's just one aspect of it and i'm calling it superstition just because of my own prejudicial views on on that practice of the uh, talisman things like that uh, others might have a different viewpoint regarding what those things actually mean and i think you're right i mean at coming to japan you you don't really need to have anything and the the aspect you're saying you don't feel put out but i think that's a good thing in a way because and 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 it's i i think that you come to america if you went to america i don't think you would ever feel put out by christian religion because you there's no obligation to go to a church um so there's no obligation in Japan, if you come to Japan, for you to attend a Buddhist temple or anything. These are more more along the lines of like tourist destinations. And regarding tourist destinations, just respect the signs that are usually in English, which is take your shoes off before you enter the temple and uh, no cameras for certain places and, you know, mm. just general. But you can bring your bow and arrow. You can bring your bow and arrow. Um, however useful it might be, I'm not quite sure, but um, do as you like with that. And there's also, you know, bringing it, putting that, uh, bringing that up, it reminds me of like uh, going to Kamakura in front of various temples. There's like long shopping areas and they'll have masks of the Buddha. Mm. I don't know if you've ever seen those masks. No, I haven't. No, they're like these giant masks. They're not very flattering at all. And um, they just, you can wear them over your head like a Halloween costume type of thing. Uh, Would that be disrespectful, that, though, wearing that on Halloween? Um, uh, I don't think so. It's just because mm. I don't think anyone really think about it. And Halloween's not oh, that I, big of a I thing. I wouldn't mind getting one then for, yeah, uh, yeah. for Halloween. Just yeah, wearing like a, like a Star Wars Jedi robe with, with a Buddhist Buddha mask. Uh, yeah. Mask. yeah. Bringing Put a uh, mask with a bar- <laughs> holding a bow and arrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's <terrible>. a <laughs> get, getting all those things together. Actually, there's a show, and it became sorry as a manga, and uh, that that's pretty funny. Uh, I don't know if they have an English version of it yet or not. It's called uh, Saint Onisan, which is um, the the young saints, and it's uh, takes place in modern day Tokyo in the neighborhood of Tachikawa. And Buddha and Jesus live together in a small one-room apartment, and it's uh, it's pretty fun to read. Mm. Uh, it uh, kind of pokes fun at their the different, I guess, stereotypical views of uh, of Jesus and what he can do with his magic and what Buddha his personality. So Buddha kind of takes on the the wife personality and is very stingy with money, and Jesus is always trying to buy stuff. That he gets tired of very quickly and buddha's like do you, do you actually want to buy that he's like no no i totally it's like there's one where he wants to buy like a a uh, a pottery wheel he's like yeah, are you really gonna make pottery are you really gonna make yeah man i'm totally into i'm totally into making pottery it's like it's not just gonna sit in the corner after you buy it is it no no it's not it's not and then eventually he gets it and he falls asleep at the wheel trying to make something and buddha's like Jesus did you say Christ, read it Jesus. it's or a manga it. it's a manga so and you a can TV read it show. as a manga and, and as a tele- television show okay yeah yeah and i think they also turned it into a movie of some sort 
Mm. Um, I think the TV show is better. The movie's not very interesting for some reason. When, it's the uh, same story. Mm. Yeah. When, when will uh, Muhammad feature? Um, uh, sometime in the next millennium, I think they'll be mm. doing that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a shame. Always wanted yeah. to see him uh, portrayed in a cartoon with Jesus yeah. and Buddha. You never know. I mean, maybe he can he can come in, but just wear like a Buddha mask. Yeah, that could be it. That could be it. Yeah. Or a Jedi cape. Mm. Uh, shadow his face. Clown makeup. You know, you never know. Yeah. Clown makeup. Well, that's why I think about all fucking religious leaders. So <laughs> just put fucking ridiculous. You know, my, one of my favorite, my um, favorite guys, intellectual heavyweights. Mm-hmm. This guy. Have you ever heard of Christian um, Christopher Hitchens? Yeah, he wrote like many books, and he's had many debates. In fact, sometimes on YouTube when I'm drunk, I'll just watch him debate fucking these mm-hmm. religious leaders. I want to leave it. We don't have to. I can edit this later. But uh-huh. I like this one quote from uh, Christopher Hitchens, and uh, it's a very easy quote, quote to remember. Mm-hmm. But uh, he basically said something along the lines of uh, "Religion poisons everything." Okay. Except in Japan. <laughs> Japan, it's pretty good. 